Verse 7, he said, I have fought the good fight. Some fights are good. Some fights are good. You know, as Christians, we need to understand that, that we're not supposed to be a bunch of weak, wimpy men and women who just get pushed over because somehow we're kind and generous. Paul said, I fought the good fight, and his indication is that it's a fight that he has fought throughout the course of his life. There are, in fact, times that we should not turn the other cheek, but that we should stand and fight. But here's the question, when? When? You know, what do we actually fight about and over? When do we decide that it's time to fight? I would even ask the question, who? You know, a lot of times we'll we'll make that statement, and, and it's a correct statement. You hear us make it frequently. We don't wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers. Most of you could probably quote that statement, but if you're quite honest, it's a difficult one to apply. You know the right answer, but you don't really know, like, how does that apply to your life three hours from now when you're out there living your faith? You just know the quote. And so, who do we fight? When do we not? When is it wrong to fight? When is it right to fight? Not knowing the answer to these questions will lead the Christian into failure on the battleground. And my hope is that by the time we're done with this sermon series, we have a whole lot more people that have a sense of confidence on the battleground of your faith. Today, as I told you, it's just an introductory message, and I really just want to share four elementary principles about spiritual warfare. Number one, war is strategic be prepared. War is strategic. Be prepared. Look what Ephesians 6, 11 says. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. I want you to notice the word schemes of the devil. This is a strategy. There's two important things I want you to notice. First about the enemy and then about us. The enemy doesn't just like bust into your life and just take over your life. Nor does he show up with horns, easy to identify. He doesn't just come into the Christian uh, life and overpower you against your will and force you to make bad choices, ruin your life, ruin your home. No, he has a strategy. It is a clever well thought out strategy and war is strategic the same is true on the christian side if you're going to be a victorious christian it's not you can't just get saved and think you're going to run kicking down the devil's door everywhere and and just run into battlefields screaming and telling everybody to surrender You're going to die. You're going to get shot out there on the field. There's a strategy to this thing. There is a way in which war works. It's a strategic battle. And if we are ignorant of the strategies that our enemy employs against us, 
we're going to lose on the battlefield. If we are ignorant of the strategies which God has commanded us to live by, we're going to lose on the battlefield. And so you can't just think, well, I'm, a, I'm just a soldier now, and so I'm just going to go all by myself, and I'm just going to go you know, on the battlefield, and, and nobody can harm me, and I'm going to blast everybody that comes my way. If you don't do it God's way, spiritually speaking, brothers and sisters, you're going to find that you don't get very far down the road, and you are mulling in self-defeat, you are mulling in condemnation, you find yourself in the same old trap, you feel like you can't get any further spiritually, you feel like your prayers aren't doing anything more than hitting the ceiling, and you start to think to yourself, well, maybe I'm missing something, maybe, maybe there's something wrong with me, and before you know it, we settle for what we might call a very mediocre Christianity. Well, we know we're saved, but we've just kind of accepted we're going to live this existence of pseudo-defeat. I'm kind of a, you know, I know I'm a Christian, I'm still going to church, and I haven't abandoned my faith, but we see what we might call heroes of the faith, and we think, but I could never be that, because I have this stronghold in my life. I've got this struggle. I've got these thoughts in my mind I can't ever see, you know, it's like I got to take these thoughts captive a thousand times a day, and and I've got an unholy mind, and, and I've got unholy desires, and I could never be anything for God, really. This is spiritual warfare. Now, here's what's amazing. This is actually, in my opinion, the, the, the battle within is the most important piece. Because if we don't learn to win that battle, we'll never really go any further. And so if Satan can stop us up there in what we might call phase one, we just live our entire Christian existence in failure in phase one. So I want to say it again, war is strategic. You need to be prepared. You've got to educate yourself if you're going to be prepared. I mean, you've got to be willing to do some homework, brothers and sisters. I'm going to give you a lot here in the next several weeks but you have got to educate yourself. You have got to have some understanding of the schemes that the enemy uses to attack you personally. You also need to understand the why behind the devil's schemes. This is probably going to be the most difficult part for me to explain in the weeks to come, the why. Why does he attack us the way that he does? And for me, when I could see it and I begin to understand the why behind the strategy, it became easy to accept the reason and, and the path to victory over it. But we need to know the why. Being prepared, you need to know the word. There is no path to success concerning spiritual victory other than the word of God, brothers and sisters. There's, there's none. You need to know that up front. It, it, there, there is no other way. So you're going to have to know the Word. We're going to have to be in the Word. We're going to have to study the Word. And we're going to have to let the Word be our guide as, even a, as a weak word for it, because it's a whole lot more than our guide, but it's the only thing that guides. And you need to be trained. And I use that word trained intentionally. If you're ever going to be trained by something, another term for that biblically is discipled. You need people who have been there and done that helping walk you through the battle. You don't want somebody trying to teach you and train you 
what it's going to look like out in war that's never been there themselves. Trying to help get your mind around what it's going to be. They don't know. They've never been there. They're just talking heads. And so it is in the Christian faith. We really need to be discipled. You need to be trained. Part of training is having somebody who has been there and done that. Another part of training is giving it a try. Like I'm going to I'm just we're going to put this to work. If there comes a time I've heard enough, I've listened enough, I've studied enough, I've educated myself enough, I've been in the Word, it's time to take a little step out and start putting some of it to practice. And what you're going to find, if you're anything like me, that sometimes you get out and get to practice and you fall right on your face. We're, we're going to look at, uh, for, when we study the battle of the mind, you're going to find there are times that you, you, it's like, I'm doing well, I've, I've got this, and you start to see it, and then for some reason you wake up the next day, and it's like you just fall flat on your face. But the thing is, we learn from that as training, brothers and sisters. I'm not going to give up. I'm not going to roll over and cry about it. I'm going to learn from what went wrong. I know the objective. I know the mission. I know the way. I understand the scheme against me. I know what happened, so why did I fail today? And, and, and there's some reasons. You'll, you begin to find there are some reasons why. And this is war. It's just not easy. And the devil is relentless. The devil doesn't think, well, these people are starting to really learn some things. We better just let them go. Actually, quite the opposite. So war is strategic. You have got to be prepared. Number two, war is hard. Be strong. Paul, in the same letter to Timothy, um, said this in chapter 2 and verse 3, Share in suffering as a good soldier of Christ Jesus. Suffering. This is hard. I really pray that the Holy Ghost will let us get some things deep in our heart about spiritual warfare. It's hard. Everybody wants to be a war hero, but few have the guts to be one. Everybody likes the idea of being honored as some great spiritual person, but they don't actually want to go to war. They want it easy. They want one flash of a spiritual battle where they win and then they want to sit on their hands the rest of their life and be applauded for some spiritual victory. That's not the way it works. And when Paul, who tells us that he's endured the life, the race, is talking to Timothy and he's writing Timothy the very last letter that as far as we know Paul ever writes, he's telling Timothy, this young preacher, get ready to suffer and endure hardship as a good soldier. This is hard. You have to toughen up if you're going to win in the battle of spiritual victory. I want to say this tenderly because I don't want to come across as a, as a jerk. But we really do live in an era of absolute sissies. 
It's one, it's, it's one of the, it's, it's terrible. And I'm not kidding. I, I mean, I'm serious. Less than a century ago, our 18-year-olds are storming the beach of Normandy. Now they're setting up safe spaces where you can't say certain words that hurt them. Now listen, that mindset, you might not be a person that is setting up safe spaces where you don't allow certain words that hurt you to be spoken. That might not be who you are, but listen to me carefully. This mindset of weakness and easily being offended at everything, it has permeated this culture. And it has permeated the church as well. I'm just telling you, if you're, if you're going to get what's coming at you over the next several weeks, if you're going to be victorious in the spiritual life, you're going to have to toughen up. Quit giving up every time something doesn't go your way. Quit getting offended and deciding you're not going to serve, you're not going to go to church, you're not going to do this every time somebody hurts your poor little feelings. Stop. If you're going to be successful, victoriously spiritual. I mean, you don't have to. You can live in defeat and be a whiny person the rest of your life. You'll just never really accomplish anything for God. Because if that's all the devil has to do to keep you from doing any great work for God is bring people into your life who will say something negative about you, you are defeated right now. You have got to toughen up. We've got to toughen up. We can be so weak personally, like I don't, want any, I don't want anybody to not like me. And then we can be so weak, like we don't even have any tenacity about us about, you know, we don't want people to be mad for what we stand for. Always want somebody else to stand up for what we believe in. We have got to toughen up because spiritual war is hard. You've got to be strong. We've got to toughen up mentally, quit giving up all the time. Toughen up emotionally. Quit getting your feelings hurt. Toughen up spiritually. Quit compromising. Sometimes you just got to make up your mind. You're going to quit compromising. Do what you've got to do. Get the junk out of your life that you've got to get out. Just toughen up. Quit compromising. God, I'd quit this thing if you just take away the desire. No. No, just quit it. Don't blame God for it. God, I'd never look at it again if you just make me blind. God told you to cut your own eye out. You do what you have to do. But you got to toughen up. If, if you're ever really going to be a, a spiritual warrior. I'm telling you, we've got such a false mindset of what like spiritual warriors look like. We just they, they must not struggle. That's what spiritual being a warrior looks like. No, it's not that at all. It's just they're tough enough to overcome the struggle. They don't roll over and die every time you do. They don't give in to every single urge that you give in to. Jesus was tempted in all points like we were, brothers and sisters, yet without sin. 
No, the temptation isn't going to go away. You just got to toughen up and learn how to overcome it. Number three, war is long. Be steadfast. Look what Hebrews 12 verses 1 through 3 say. And as we read this three times, I want you to really consider the word endurance. Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and sin. Notice it's our job to lay it aside. Every weight and sin which clings so closely and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. Looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured from sinners such hostility against himself so that you may not grow weary or faint-hearted. Go ahead and leave verse 3 up there where at least we can see verse 3. Consider him. This is a quick little nugget on how do we endure when we want to give up. Consider him. Quit thinking about yourself. Quit thinking about, oh, nobody likes me. Nobody's listening. What's it matter? The whole world's going bad. Well, my little voice means nothing. Every time I try to do something, it's all pointless. Stop it. Consider him who endured from sinners such hostility against himself. Just stop for a minute and consider him. Do you think what you're going through even compares to what he went through? You kidding? So that you could be saved, so that you could be redeemed, so that your sins could be paid for? Consider what he endured all the way to the bitter end, the cross. So that you may not grow weary or faint-hearted. The reality is, if you don't get a couple things right, you don't get your thinking right, you're not learning how to consider what you need to consider, you're going to grow weary and faint-hearted. And I'm going to tell you, brothers and sisters, the reality is that most do. And one quick little you know, secret here to success, those who, who, who make it to the end, those who endure, those who are strong, those who don't grow weary, those who don't grow faint-hearted. It's not some super breed of humans that you aren't. It's people that have learned the strategy. It's people who have learned to consider the right thing. Yes, they get tired, they just don't quit. Yes, they feel exhaustion, but they don't grow to the point of growing weary and faint-hearted and giving up. Why? It's not because they're stronger than you necessarily. It's not because God has gifted them with something he hasn't gifted you with. It's because they have learned in the moment how to consider him. Instead of being so inward focused on my pain and what I don't like and me being mistreated and how hard this spiritual life is, Our focus is on him. Two things. Not only is our focus on him, but I want you to notice the reward. Even with Jesus here in Hebrews 12, he is seated now at the right hand of the throne of God. 
And when Paul spoke in 2 Timothy about him finishing the race, he said, there's laid up now, henceforth, the crown of righteousness for me. So we are looking to him as our example, but we are also looking to him, realizing there is a reward that's coming to us. You get your mind off of the suffering and you realize there's a great reward coming. It makes you want to keep running. It makes you want to keep going. I don't want to lay down and give up. I don't want to roll over and lose part of my reward. I want to run the race with endurance. This is a lifelong war, brothers and sisters. I want to say it again. Everybody wants to be a war hero, but they don't have the guts and the tenacity to be one. People want a flash of emotion that results in one glorious spiritual victory so that they can sit the rest of their life. But the Christian life is a lifelong battle. I'll tell you when it ends. When you breathe your last, that's when. So you've got to consider him so that you may not grow weary or faint-hearted. You have got to be steadfast. You've got to be unmovable. When I talk about being strong, You've got, to, you've got to make up your mind. You've got to make it up. Sometimes the Bible calls it set your heart. It's a term that's used a handful of times in the Old Testament. First of all, what happens when you don't set your heart? King Rehoboam was one of the many kings that failed God. But God gives us some insight as to why in 2 Chronicles 12, 14. Speaking of King Rehoboam, it said, And he did evil, for he did not set his heart to seek the Lord. I mean, you've got to set your heart. You, you just do. I, 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 there's no other way around it. I mean, that's just a straight, plain, simple truth. You've got to set your heart. God's not going to do it for you. I can't do it for you. Your husband can't do it for you. Your wife can't do it for you. Your mama can't do it for you. Your dad can't do it for you. Your grandparents can't do it for you. Your pastor can't do it for you. You have to set your own heart. Ezra 7.10 tells us, For Ezra had, look at these words again, set his heart to study the law of the Lord and to do it and to teach his statutes and rules in Israel. Ezra set his heart to seek the Lord. It's a choice. I mean, you've got to just be unmovable, steadfast. This is what I'm going to do. I'm not going to be persuaded to the left or the right. Joshua used a little different term, but it's the same concept in Joshua 24, 15. And if it is evil in your eyes to serve the Lord... Choose this day whom you will serve, whether the gods your father served in the region beyond the river or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Same concept here. I'm setting my heart. I'm making a decision. 1 Chronicles twenty-two nineteen. Now set your mind and heart to seek the Lord your God. Set your heart, brothers and sisters. It's your choice. I'm telling you, this is, this is elementary. It really is. These are four elementary principles of war this morning. War is hard. You've got to be strong. You've got to quit wavering and waffling. 
And a lot of folks, they have wavered and waffled so long in their Christian life, and it's like they're waiting for God to set their heart. They pray over and over and over and over and over and over and over again. God, take this desire away from me. God, take this thing away from me. God is not a thief. You get rid of it. It's your life. You set your heart. It's your heart. God's told you what to do. I'm just, what I'm trying to communicate is we've got to toughen up. And war is long. You, you, have, you, have, got, you, you have got to be willing to endure. Set your heart. It's going to be hard. I'm going to, I, I know I'm going to be tested. And I'm going to know ahead of time. And I'm going to, I'm going to, I just know this is going to be difficult. There's going to be times I don't want to stay faithful. There's going to be times I don't feel like going to church. There's going to be times I don't feel like giving. There's going to be times I don't want to serve. There's going to be times I don't want to be in the Word. There's going to be times I don't feel like prayer. There's going to be feel t- times where I don't feel like doing what I know I'm supposed to do. But I'm going to set my heart that I will be ready for those times. I know they're going to come. And I've already made up my mind. This is who I am. And so it doesn't matter if I feel like being faithful to God or not. I have set my heart. I have set my mind. This is who I am. I am a child of God Almighty, and I am going to live for Him whether I feel like it or not. I have set my heart. War is long. You have got to be steadfast. And finally, war is imminent. Fight or fail. When I first wrote my notes, this point was actually fight or die. I thought that might be a little strong because the reality is you can live a very measly Christian existence your whole Christian life and not necessarily die spiritually. And so I changed it to fight or fail. Because those are really the only two options. There, there is no other option. You either, you either fight spiritually because war is imminent. If you're not already in a real battle today, it's coming. It's, it's just the reality of spiritual warfare. When Paul is writing to the Ephesians, he uses the analogy of the armor of God. And then when he's writing to the Corinthians, he writes to them about the weapons of our warfare. And then when he's writing to Timothy, he's writing to Timothy about, you know, enduring as a good soldier. Almost, always, the majority of the time, when Paul would write to a person or to a group of Christians and give them instructions about the Christian life, he often has a reference to war. Why? Because it's imminent, brothers and sisters. It's going to happen. You can't escape it. This is a really, really important piece to just get settled in your heart. You can't escape it. And so either you learn to fight spiritually or you fail. 
and you just kind of flounder in spiritual defeat most of your Christian life. And I say this as a true observation. It's not as a slight to our brothers and sisters. It's really something that breaks my heart. But the reality is that right now, um, coast to coast, most people who call themselves Christians just flounder in defeat, spiritually speaking. And we know it, and they know it. And then we try to appease each other and make each other feel better instead of really teaching and training one another how to live victoriously. And we throw out some really misinterpreted, misapplied verses about God's grace, and it really doesn't matter because, you know, Jesus died so that you could live as a miserable failure and still go to heaven. We wouldn't say it in those words because that'd be really offensive, wouldn't it? So we learn ways to say it that sounds spiritual. And it breaks my heart. I think it breaks the heart of God. And there's a part of me that it makes me furious when I look at what Jesus actually died for so that we could live in victory. When I look at how complete the package is, that from the start to the end, he is the author and finisher of our faith. And the path is there for us, brothers and sisters. We can live in victory. And I would go so far as to say God expects us to live in victory. Either you enter the battlefield prepared like a real warrior or you enter it unprepared like a fool, but you will enter it one way or the other. The choice is yours. It is time to make up your mind and your heart that you're going to win the battles that you face. I'm going to ask our worship team if you guys want to get in place. There are a lot of battles, brothers and sisters, as I said at the beginning of this message, there are a lot of battles that are encompassed in the spiritual warfare of the Christian. The battle of the flesh and the spirit, really, that's the greatest of them all. The battle against heresy, standing up and and, and preaching truth, standing against what is false, and standing, this is ultimately... This section, the battle against heresy, is a a battle for the Word of God, over the Word of God. The battle against spiritual forces, the demonic realm, we're going to study these. But I want to challenge you here in this very first message. I just want to challenge you to set your heart to seek the Lord. Set your heart and set your mind that you are going to be a warrior for God. You're going to be a man of God or a woman of God that stands for Him and that it it doesn't matter if the rest of the world falls over. You're you're not. It doesn't matter where the rest of the church goes. You're You're not following the rest of the church. You are a good soldier of Jesus Christ and the things in your life that you have not found victory over yet, I pray that you'll leave today with at least at least this, a sense of hopefulness and expectation that in the weeks to come, you're going to get it settled and you're going to learn how to have some victory over that thing and you're not going to accept defeat. Refuse the mindset that I just accept defeat. This is just my area of defeat in my Christian life. No, stop it. Get that out of your mind. You're going to be victorious over that thing. You are going to conquer that thing. It is not going to continue to have power in your life, and you're going to overcome.